Zemzemzemzemzem. Oh come on. Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas here with my good friend Daniel, as always. And good morning. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Looking forward to a good episode. We're just talking over bounce, you know, just kind of looking through our list here. And we've got some, I think we've got some pretty engaging stuff ahead here. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but before we, uh, before we get too far into that, why don't we thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash reason together. Uh, they help us pay our editors and uh, yes. and, uh, and help us keep the lights on here. Uh, and uh, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, thanks to them, we now have a blog editor slash technical editor, and we have a podcast audio editor, and uh, we're grateful for that, that uh, we can just sit down and have, have a conversation and have other people kind of take care of everything else. <laughs> Get us back to doing what we originally wanted to do uh, in the first place. And I want to say yeah. thank you, too, to um, our uh, blog contributors. You know, we don't... Um, Yes, we, we have a we have a list of guys who contribute on uh, an occasional basis, you know, some thoughts of theirs. And it's not that we have to, you know, line up, you know, point for point. But these are men that we feel like are thinkers and that uh, uh, you give you something to think about. And, uh, and yeah. anyway, I want to thank you guys for the time that you take. And, and uh, you know, you wouldn't know this uh, out there unless we told you, but uh, we offered uh, offered some sort of remuneration to them. And pretty much each one of them, I think, said, uh, no, I don't, I don't need that. Um, but they, yeah. you know, contribute. And, and it, it takes time to, to sit down and put those thoughts together. And I appreciate that, guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, which if you haven't been over to our blog, be sure to check that out at reasontogether.fm slash blog. Uh, and uh, check out some of the articles there. We recently had one put out by Scott Blair, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was a fantastic article. Um, there was one paragraph in particular where something was said that was so succinctly put and kind of profound in a way that, I don't know, it just struck me. I'm like, that, okay, that, well, that makes sense. <laughs> it helped crystallize that makes sense. something for you. Yes. Good. Uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it, but go over there and read The Challenge of Submission by Scott Blair over at reasontogether.fm slash blog and uh, peruse what else is there too. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Well, as we before we jump in uh, to our questions, we have a bit of a feedback here. And I want to say, you know, it seems like there's really been an uptick in the feedback. And I appreciate that. The patrons have really been uh, yes. engaging a lot more. And um, yes, and uh, maybe even others as well. So we're going to kind of blaze through some uh, various feedback that we've got here. And one quickly uh, was we had discussed Blur's Day. Now, this was maybe a couple few episodes ago. Um, and somebody mm -hmm. had written some feedback about uh, a six day, a four day work week and the Blur's Day. And, and there was some confusion as to what exactly was being said or what the point was. But so he just was clarifying that basically, as I understand it, that he was saying, you, if you get to a four day work week, uh, you can still eliminate Sunday and have a two day weekend. Um, mm -hmm. and so, so people wouldn't be like, Oh man, I lost my, you know, lost my weekend yeah. because you took away Sunday. No, you still have two days of a weekend just like you always did. And now it's down to a four day work week. So it's kind of like normal. So, uh, David, thank yeah. you for that clarification there. That, that made sense, uh, to me. Yes. And, um, 
Then there was some feedback on the phrase, God smiles on us. Uh, you had asked yes, me that, good. that question, what, what do I think of that? And so somebody uh, said here, I believe this was Omar, um, I believe it is an interpretation and application of the many times the Israelites asked for God's face to shine on them, or the phrase like the light of God's countenance. Uh, he said, I personally don't use the phrase, but perhaps it has some biblical merit. For example, number 625, the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Um, Psalm 4, 6, there be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. And then Psalm 119, 135, make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Um, I see what he's saying as far as from an English perspective, that shining of the countenance and the smile. And I will say, um, from our, our, our um, modern-day perspective, you know, it really does make someone's face shine when they smile. I just have to say that. Um, it's, it's, sure. It is beautiful when someone smiles. It just truly changes their countenance and does cause yep. them to shine. Um, yep. In the biblical... In other, in other words, take the stupid masks off. But... <laughs> So smile as big as you want, but if you got a mask there, I can't say yeah, that you're, yeah. you're putting a, a bushel over the... Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> wait, is there, <that>, ooh. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so my thought going yeah. back to that... Well, you give me your thought on that feedback, and then I'll say a thought that I had, and we'll hit another one. Well, I thought it was very good. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to see what Omar is saying there, that potentially that's where the phrase God smiles on us comes from. Um, there was some feedback from Michael Larson that where he kind of adds to this. He says, on, on the God smiling discussion, one of the word studies I have going on is the phrase, the favor of the Lord, which shows mm. up three times all in Proverbs. The word favor means delight, pleasure, and acceptance. So the expression that I imagine goes with those words is that of a smile. So uh, again, I can see the connection there. Yeah, yeah, that's a <clears throat> neat thought. Thank you, Michael, for for that. Um, I I just wish people would see. I, I I'm afraid that now I, I don't disagree that that could very well be the connection when someone you know the idea of his you know his countenance and shining and favor with the smile. It's do people really understand when you say God smiles on us, what does that say to the average person? Like, you know, he just sort of benignly smiles upon us as, you know, children play. I, don't, I, I still don't really know what yeah. that means when, somebody, <laughs> when yeah. somebody says God smiles on us. Okay. Does that mean like he's happy with what you're doing? Because, yeah, that's kind of how I take it is okay. that God, God is in favor of what you're doing as opposed to perhaps the look of an angry countenance. Mm -hmm. um, that's it's kind of how I take it. And that's why I can see what Michael is saying here, that the favor of the Lord seems that it would project a smile uh, sort of response. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Though, though, I mean, not to be overly pedantic, you know, God is a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little anthropomorphism um, there, but okay. So a little anthropomorphism, yeah. yes. So uh, yeah, anyway, but yeah, uh, that that makes sense to me. So the next hope is that people actually use it correctly, like <laughs> like like God's not smiling on whatever they happen to want Him to be smiling upon. Yeah. You know, but well, I mean, if I can I go on a tangent for a second? Sure. I kind of out of left field. It's not on our list of things to talk about, but my, my wife was recently looking at some. Um, 
promotional materials booklets, you mm. know, the things they send to churches like all the time and you have so many of them, you could okay. plaster your walls with them. Um, <laughs> and they have like little mugs and keychains and trinkets. Pens, of, man. Yeah. Yeah. Pens. pens. Yep. Where they have Bible verses or sayings yeah, right, on them. Right. And she's looking at the ones particularly for ladies because she wants to have a ladies tea again mm -hmm. uh, soon. And, you know, all of them say, you know, like things like, you know, you're God's masterpiece or something like that. Something essentially to the effect of you're perfect just the way you are. Hmm. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That sort of thing. Wow. Um, and, and, and while it doesn't say those exact words, it kind of conveys the idea that, you know, as as a woman that maybe you're underappreciated and you should just appreciate yourself and because God appreciates you just the way you are and all of that. And, <laughs> and I, my wife and I couldn't figure out, and my wife in particular, you know, she's thinking, am I being too particular about my, my feelings about this? Because it's just a mug or it's just <laughs> a bookmark or something like that. But yet at the same time, it's conveying in a sense that no, you don't need to really grow. You're just fine as you are. And that's not often the message we want to convey. I mean, not not that we want to stick, you know, on mugs like, you know, <laughs> thus saith the Lord, consider thy ways, you know, and, and repent or whatever. You know, <laughs> that would be Maybe. the opposite extreme. But do we really want to convey the message? Not just to ladies, but even if there were, I don't know that there's too much men's promotional stuff that uses sayings like that, you know, you're God's masterpiece. And most men are like, what? I don't care. Whatever. You your fellow ground, Father's Day mugs. <laughs> <laughs> but are we being too fussy there? Are we being too particular in a wanting to avoid kind of conveying the message that, you know, yeah, you're fine just how you are? To me personally, no, you're not being too particular. Uh, Thank you. Because it is a... Uh, the way I see it is it's kind of a humanistic perspective. It's, or it's focusing on the person, like, look who right. you are. Look how special you are. Well, this is true, but the focus ought to be on the creator. Bingo. That's exactly, well, I'm mean, not exactly, but that's similar to what I said to Rosa. I said, they're very, they're very human centered mugs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think you're kind of in safer territory when you make them God centered, you know, yes. uh, promotional materials. You can't go wrong saying something that is in praise to the Lord. If you're going to put a saying or a scripture verse on something, whereas these things seem to be very human centered. Um, but no, I, I realized that probably a lot of people listening to this would probably find us being way too fussy about that. But I just felt like it was something at least worth talking about. Just throwing it out there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. That's all a... that to to circle back around here to <laughs> at least somewhat land the plane of this discussion of God smiling on us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it has to do with the concept of the favor of the Lord, but you can't legitimately say God's smiling on you <laughs> all the time, depending on what you're talking about. Yeah, if you're not if you're not obeying the Lord and 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 pursuing Him, you know, and just kind of doing living life like you want to live it, and then saying God's smiling on me because I'm special yeah. and <laughs> He loves me the way whatever. Right. Okay. Um, right. All right. Thank you guys for your feedback on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to cover Michael's feedback here of the law of first mention, and yeah. then we can get into a little more of this, the serious, more serious side of Yeah, that. we talked about the law of first mention, <laughs> and uh, which is something uh, akin to 
saying, well, the first time that something is mentioned in scripture is somehow sort of definitive and uh, a basis for our understanding of the other mentions of that thing in scripture. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. But I mean, not just in scripture, it is somewhat of a general principle of any hermeneutics is that when you read a book and they establish a word in chapter one and its use, Mm -hmm. you kind of carry that that usage of that word or phrase with you throughout the book. Okay. Um, but we we kind of both bristled at the idea of calling it a law <laughs> uh, on that episode. Um, but <laughs> Michael writes in, he says, a friend of mine pointed out that the first recorded words of Abraham were his concerning his concern for his 60 some year old <laughs> wife, quote unquote, stopping traffic, traffic in Egypt. <laughs> Should we pair that with the law or principle of first mention somehow? <laughs> okay, so so if I take if I take Michael's kind of tongue in cheek statement here to its conclusion, that means if you really think your wife is pretty, lie to everyone about her. Or don't talk. Like let the first time you be let the first time you talk every day, let it be about the beauty of your wife. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's not and, good. And, right, but I guess Michael's... <laughs> no, it's not. No, I guess Michael's... Speaking uh, of the beauty of his wife, he was like lying about it. Right, right, because he didn't want her taken away. But Michael's joke kind of does lead into the actual discussion of why this shouldn't be referred to as a law of first mention or may, maybe a, a principle... Because, you know, it, it doesn't apply in every scenario, whereas you would think a law would. And, and even arguably, uh, if there's so many, like how many exceptions does there have to be to the principle or law of first mention before we just simply say, uh, this isn't overly useful. And and that's right. one of the things yeah. that Omar writes in. Uh, he sent us an article where, I don't know if you got a chance to read that. But no, I didn't. Before we look at that. Um, what were your thoughts? Um, well, um, like like you say, <clears throat> like you say, as far as exceptions, well, partly I'm thinking the vagueness of it. Um, what what mm-hmm. exactly does that mean? Like the first mention of something, what in what way is it definitive? Um, it, it, the, the actual right. definition of the word, because you have to. You say, like you mentioned, okay, in a literary work. Well, we we sit down and we read a novel. And it's written, you know, it's a story about whatever, whatever. And we read from page one to 300 and okay, it uses a word in a certain way. Well, the Bible is something that's recording um, the, all the way from the inception of humanity and Mm -hmm. uh, the building of language into them by God, all the way to the events uh, at the end of known time. So, I mean, sure. the, the, the broad um, spectrum of that to say, oh, well, it means exactly the same here that it meant here. Well, we could be talking literally thousands of years difference now. Right. And, and not only that, you're, you have to establish what kind of chronology you're using. So, like, is, is something mentioned in Genesis really always the first mention? Well, that kind of depends on the chronology you're using. Mm. (laughs) Oh, because you're bringing into play like Job or something? Are you thinking? Yeah. uh, Yeah. As as far as the potential date of the writing of the book, you know, that, you know, are we factoring that in as well? Well, I mean, that principle. 
I mean, I see, I see what you're saying. So, I mean, I think the, uh, the, that the early chapters of Genesis anyway have existed since the beginning. Um, and so in some way, I think they are the first mention and they do provide some foundation. But again, um, yeah, somebody just has to, it's, you may, if you're going to call it a principle of first mention or something, you, you really have to do well at defining it and then um, describing mm-hmm. it. Uh, but yeah, since, yeah, it's an, I, obviously, you know, the first time. So some, now, uh, so now we're going to get emails about when was Genesis written? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by whom and where? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fun conversation, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it's. I know Moses uh, penned it again or whatever, but uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, go ahead. Are you going to discuss this article that he linked here um, about? Well, I was, I'm sitting here scrolling through the article. I read it yesterday and I was looking here for the paragraph that I wanted to, to bring up. Um, oh yeah. One point that the writer here, of this article was trying to make uh, from answers in Genesis is as far as the weight given to hermeneutical principles. Mm-hmm. So, so in, and I've, you probably have done this too. You've read a series of different books on hermeneutics and, and most of them at least mention uh, that at least that I've read the, the law of first mention or principle of first mention. And they also mention the importance of context. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this writer here from answers in Genesis is arguing that the context should be weighted higher than the principle of the first, first mention. mention. Hmm. Okay, well, I and see. Yeah. I, I'm forced to agree with it. It makes sense to me that context should determine that uh, more so than when the word was mentioned. It seemed like you'd be more likely to make a mistake in your hermeneutic if you're if you're putting the principle of first mention over context. I thought yeah, that was well, a good yeah. Point. I mean, context to me is like almost a given it's so built in that you have to yeah. understand what if you're just picking one verse and one word out and saying ah this is what it means without even considering what what the whole right. body is talking about it uh, yeah i'm i'm looking for the example he gave but there was an example here about the word seed um where was it about the first mention of the word seed hmm. uh had to do in genesis with actual seeds plants that bore seed yeah. right mm-hmm. and and then the later fruit bearing seed mm-hmm. right and then later you see the mention of the seed of the woman <laughs> yeah yeah right which obviously so right. yeah i mean if if you were to put the principle of first mention over the context you would end up very confused <laughs> If you took it to um, that first mention to be a strict definition of what that word meant, because obviously, yeah, the example you're giving there, they gave, is within verses of each other. Yes. And the time right. frame is within days of each other, you know, the seed Correct. of woman and the seed of the fruit. So it's not like there's some, uh, obviously, the, the root meaning of that word has to apply to both situations. Right. Yeah, and then later God tells Abraham that I'm going to give land to your seed, right, forever. Um, and and in the New Testament, Paul cites this promise to Abraham several times. Uh, and the writer here says in Galatians 3.16, Paul uses the fact that uh, zera, which is the original word here, is a collective noun, as in the Greek word sperma, uh, to make the point that the promise made to Abraham about his zera was about Jesus Christ. 
which is interesting because you have all of history essentially moving forward from Abraham. Paul comes on the scene under inspiration and basically goes, in a sense, backwards in time to reverse the usage of that word uh, and says, well, that's referring to Christ. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the way I'm saying it is confusing you, yes, but, but you know, the the idea that Without Paul's mention of that in Galatians 3.16, we might not really understand that he was talking to Abraham about his seed, Christ, right, singular, singular seed person, in particular. Yeah, right. right. Paul yeah, clears that right. up later. So, you know, the, the principle of first mention, in a sense there, gets kind of reversed by later mm. revelation in Galatians 3.16, if that uh, makes sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm not a, a big fan of Veggie Tales, but I'm sure they could uh, <laughs> they could have a heyday with this uh, seed of the woman, um, you know, and oh. seed of the fruit and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Abraham, like like land being promised to Abraham's seed, you know, yeah. there's like a bunch of seeds laying out on a... the ground, and they're like, "You get land," and and uh, people yeah. are like, "Oh, that's funny. That's cute." Yeah, or I could see Babylon B doing some sort of satirical article about a mm-hmm. confusion regarding the word seed <laughs> there. Um, but anyway, this writer here from Answers in Genesis argues that the principle of first mention is too flexible to be a genuine principle. Okay, that's that's maybe a good way to put it. Too flexible yeah, to be a genuine it's too principle. Flexible. And yet I know in some sense the principle can be used and does apply, right? I just think that maybe we shouldn't weight it as highly as maybe we have in the past. I, I wonder if we were see. I wonder if the thing is people are seeing something, um, and they're noting, "Hmm, there's a significance there," but they're mis um, misdefining it as a principle. Yeah. Um, for instance, I was taught years ago, and this has been so. Um, helpful and and intriguing when you look at when you look at words, and I mentioned this, I think, in the other in the other episode but sometimes uh, words obviously have derivation you know it's like mm-hmm. uh, somebody said just recently it's uh, it's like uh, what do you call it um your genetics you know built into you know uh, say a certain kind like into the dog kind is the genetic code that allows for a lot of different variation um mm-hmm. well similarly with language you know uh, language was built with that kind of a variability potential so that yes. so just like what you're mentioning, this seed can mean well this or this or this, um, and that's all kind of built into the original word. And uh, so people are seeing, uh, or excuse me, to go back to say it's interesting that if you consider you you look at a word that's used in this context and you look at it in this context and they're the same word and you're like, how in the world can they be translated these two different ways? Whether you say what was the root idea from which both of those ideas sprang. And that kind of helps mm-hmm. to color, oh, okay, I see the connection between right. them. Well, to me, that's like a, if you want to, you know, sort of a first mention. It's a, it's a what was the root cause of that word, yeah. which would have been more evident, obviously, in the first days of Genesis. And then as time and cultures sure. moved on and languages developed, yes, they sort of developed different strains of meaning in different contexts. Um, I wouldn't really call right. that a and that's- first mention, but- no, I think it relates for sure. Yeah. And, and and I think that's valuable to see kind of the root of where the usage of the word started. But that's why I think it can't take precedence over the context. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, we've seen, I'm trying to think, 
of an example, and the only one that comes to mind without having to delve too deeply into it, is the word ecclesia in the New Testament, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We literally see the change in the usage of that word, and I, I know this might make some mad, but it did become adopted and used differently by Christ himself and later by Paul um, mm-hmm. than the, the actual root traditional use of the word. Um, it was used differently later. And we saw that change kind of happening. Um, he kind sort of, of nar- real time. narrowed it to a specific context. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the same sense that, you know, I've heard said before, and I don't know how true this is, but the word content, where Paul says that in whatever state I am therewith to be content, that he actually ripped off that word from <laughs> the Stoics. <laughs> um, that it wasn't traditionally a Christian word. Uh, it would have been viewed as a Stoic philosophy, but Paul essentially Christianized it uh, with proper usage, mm-hmm. right? Not using it in the way the Stoics used it. They would have used it to suggest that we should just be completely without feeling entirely when bad things happen. You know, your your mother dies and you feel nothing. You know, that would have been the Stoic usage of the word. Um, whereas Paul Christianizes it, in a sense, but but places it under the control of the Lord that I've learned to be content in every circumstance because of the Lord. So it's not a lack of feeling, it's a control of feeling, right? Mm. Um, and there you see the change in language um, right in front of your eyes. So so yeah, I think learning the, the first mention can be important, but context should be king over it, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a good thought. I mean it's to say so obviously you're you're considering what the what the root idea of that word means, but then in this context, how is it being used? I, I think they have to be paired. But but again, as it's defined, you know, saying well the first mention of the word, you know, is somehow yeah. defining. Well, okay, what is it? I mean, yeah, and, and is there? It's kind of like um, sometimes is there even a consistency of what we mean by what we're saying? And if not, then sure, it's. You know, when we say, well, I believe in evolution or really like what, what kind of evolution? I mean, you know, there's, there's a variability. Oh, I believe in the big bang. Oh, really? Well, there's mm-hmm. a, a significant variability in thoughts about the big bang. Did it include, you know, and just energy or did it include time? Mm-hmm. Did it include matter too? You know, um, right. so when we say the law of first well, mention, well, what does that mean? Well, I think it means this. Well, I think it means it. Well, then does it really mean much of anything helpful? I guess? Right. Well, and, and what if a word is, has multiple good meanings to it? For, for example, the word light in scripture is sometimes used to refer to actual light, like the stuff that helps you see. <laughs> right. But other times it refers more to like revelation, like information given from God, he, that, that there is light. He, Jesus is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world, John chapter one. Right. So what does that mean? Does that mean he, he actually glowed? <laughs> uh, no, he was revelatory in nature, both in word and in deed. Right. Uh, and prophetically speaking. see things you hadn't seen perceptually before. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, using the principle of first mention there almost be, makes it's too flexible because the word has multiple meanings, multiple uses, That's I should okay. say. We got to remember that word. Too flexible. <laughs> too, too flexible. Too, too flexible. Too um, bendy. <laughs> You're sort of gummy like. Yeah. Um anyway. Okay. So that uh, <laughs> what else? buttons up the law of first mention there. Um I think that is it right now for our um our feedback. Um 
Oh man, can can we jump into this one where, that you've got the picture? Uh, yeah, the header. Go ahead. Th- this was actually not my picture. This was sent to me from the listener who, um, yeah, right, who sent this question in. Um, so one of our elite patrons um, wrote in and said, uh, "Good morning, Pastor Tom and Daniel. In workplace emails, I'm seeing the gradual increase of the use of personal pronouns in signatures. Mm-hmm. For example, you might see a line like." Uh, this below a line like this below someone's name pronouns she slash her mm-hmm. slash hers and then he gives a, web, a website that kind of links you to um to a, an understanding of this well, thing well it actually in the emails that i've seen like this it says pronouns she her hers or whatever they are and it includes next to it subscript that says what is this and it's hyperlinked Yes. To okay. what this article is that he's linking here. Very good. So so it's like, oh, I don't understand what you're doing here. Click on this link and I'll give you a fuller explanation of why I'm adding my pronouns. Um, mm-hmm. The link goes to a website like mypronouns.org that explains what I can only describe as the depravity of man. Interestingly, thus far in my workplace, I've only seen emails like this from people whose biological gender actually matches all the pronouns. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is they're, true. They're purely virtue signaling. My question yep. is, how a Christian should respond? Should we ignore this? Uh, should we have a one-on-one talk? Most of these people don't work in the same location, so the one-on-one isn't really an option. A thought came to me uh, recently to sign my emails like the following, and he puts his name, Justin, and last name, and then his, uh, his vocation, and then underneath it, he puts born again. What does this mean? In parentheses. Yeah. With the, what does this mean, linked to a presentation of the gospel? Is this dropping to their level? Good question. Or would it perhaps be construed as mockery? Christians frequently remain quiet. I didn't know the number of meteorologists that were Christians until I heard of others struggling with vaccine mandates. By remaining quiet on these issues, are we simply going to watch the world decline and push Christianity into a smaller and smaller box until we Mm -hmm. realize our freedoms are gone? Curious as to your thoughts. Okay, um, I have an idea here. Yeah, um, let's let's answer the question: Yes or no? Are we in favor of doing what Justin is suggesting here? And I'll count to three, and we'll both answer at the same time. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So like, um, you you say three, and then we answer like on the next second. Yeah. 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 You ever do that? Like rock, paper, scissors, rock, and like they get confused. Like one, two, blam, and he gives it. No, no, you're supposed to wait till one, two, three, blam. Yeah. Like on three or or after three. Right. After three. So, all right. We'll go after three. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we in favor of doing what Justin is is asking here? One, two, three. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay. I would say right up front, now I'm not saying I've like, like I've considered every angle of this, but I think oh, that's kind of a neat idea. That's what I think. Yeah. No, <laughs> I would totally do this. Um, this seems like a good idea to me, and and no, I don't think it's dropping to their level, um, because I think most of the time they're just confused. Uh, they're uh, these people, in a sense, should have our sympathy uh, as Christians. Um, you know, they're confused. They're very confused. And, and so, no, we're not dropping to their level. And I suppose some could per- perceive this as mockery, but you can't control everyone's perceptions of you. Uh, I think if you did it right and, and you did it in an earnest way, 
uh, then no, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's mockery. And, and, you know, honestly, even if some people did perceive it as mockery, so be it. Um, I think it's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, I just, just thinking about, okay, so what they're doing is they're saying they're below their signature, this is how I identify. And for you to mm-hmm. say, I identify as a Christian, that's what I always am and want to be perceived as. Yep. I think that's fair. And now they are going to see that as a mockery. If they're really, if they're really like PC, um, you know, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, then, oh, well, you're just, you know, you're making, you're making fun of this. Well, no, uh, you've introduced, you've introduced terminology into, uh, you know, society that, that sort of displays your identity. And I want you to know very truly that I'm not mocking yeah. here. This is how I, I, um, identify. Um, I have well, to, no, and I think it's fair. I, I think it's fair to, to, to ask. So if you're putting your pronouns here, you're suggesting you believe that a man or a woman could declare that they are the opposite sex just by saying so. And, and I realize that the, the people on the left would d- differentiate between sex and gender, but that's just semantical smoke screens. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, right. don't buy into that. But you know, just by thinking that you are, because you feel like you are, makes you something. That, that is a faith. Um, that, that is a belief that is not, that is not founded in anything empirical. And they would have to acknowledge that, that by putting their pronouns there, they are, they're, they're putting forth a belief that there's, there's no evidence for. Ah, so, I see where you're, where you're going with this. Uh, yeah. They, it is a religious view that they are promoting. Transgenderism wow. is a religious view because there's, there's no basis of it in biology. Um, Wow. So, oh man. So you're saying, so if they get, if they get a little and, heated. And, yeah. Let me qualify that for a second. I'm not saying that any religious view about biology, for instance, creation, I'm not saying that that isn't founded in anything empirical either. I'm not saying that. No, uh, I'm saying, I, I'm saying to use their own definition of science against them. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that faith and science are disconnected. We don't believe that. True science is supportive of the biblical faith, mm-hmm. um, but they don't believe that. So use their own belief against them. If, if they're going to promote the idea that you can change your your sex just by saying so, um, that is a belief. There's no foundation of that in empirical science whatsoever. And if they're upset, hmm, if they're upset that you won't accept their terminology, they they should underst- They shouldn't be upset with you over declaring your faith, right? Correct. Um, so Correct. I have to, okay, so he links to this website and, um, yeah, was it my, yeah, mypronouns.org. And I just have to say something on the uh, just ridiculous nature of, of where we're at in society with, uh, as regards language. Um, are you going to read this? Are you going to read this picture? Part of, are you going to? Part of, what you're going to do? Part of this, um, this article. Because I, I need to brace myself. If you're going to read this, this picture, <laughs> okay. the list of pronouns. <laughs> oh no, no, let no. me know before you do that. No, not yeah. I'll let you know before I do that. No, <laughs> in the article itself, I just have to draw this out. They they make the, in this uh, paragraph. Um, so they're so they're describing, of course, from a sympathetic perspective. Um, you know. Uh, about pronouns and why they're significant, why they matter. Um, Listen to this statement. These assumptions, okay, often people make assumptions about the gender of another person based on the person's appearance or name. You know, like if he's 250 pounds and he's kind of chiseled and he's he's named, you know, Ted 
you know, then you say, <laughs> I think he's a man. And like, what? That's, that's like, that's, that, that's an assumption. These assumptions, they say, aren't always correct. <laughs> now, listen, in the act of making an assumption, even if correct, sends a potentially harmful message. Like, wait, wait what? Um, mm. I assume that you're a, you're a man, Ted. Well, that sends a harmful message to me. I mean, you're right. I am a man, but that sends a harmful message. Well, what is it? Um, that people have right. to look a certain way to demonstrate the gender that they are or are not. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. If some dude says, I believe I'm a woman now, what does he typically start doing? He starts talking different. He yep. starts dressing different. He'll fix his hair different. And he'll do more ladylike things. So isn't he making an assumption that there are certain traits yes, right. that are ladylike and not male? I mean, do, do you see do you see the bizarre nature of this? You mentioned that before, and I thought that's such a good point. Is they're basically playing off the traditional understanding of a man and a woman to say I identify as a woman, but now you can't tell me, you know, but but don't but but man and woman don't mean anything or whatever. Oh, brother, um, right. and and that's it's it's fundamentally an attack on reality, is yeah, what it, it is. is. It is. They're taking a sledgehammer and, to um to language, which was the communication of reality, <laughs> right? And and without any kind of natural law, as far as knowing what a man and a woman are, then the only way that we're left to make decisions is by the the power of law, the power of of someone telling us what we should think and what we should do. If you reject all reality, then you just have to create a society where everyone is told uh, what they should do and how they should live and what they should think. And at that and, point, and I, and, go ahead. No, I was saying, I think, you know, the whole definition of man and woman thing and the transgender thing, uh, all of that is, is, is for the per relativism. Even All of it is for the purpose of creating a new kind of society where law where government where power is the only arbiter of truth and that's a good way i don't to put know it, how is arbiter because there at that point there is no objective law because mm -hmm. they basically uh dismantled language itself so you can't right. have any sort of objective truth at that point it simply has to be power who yeah. is strong all, enough to chaos. enforce yeah it, it's all chaos okay so i have to um or i, I have to but this is going to be kind of fun what pronouns um, apply <sighs> to you? So brace yourself here. Some examples are shown okay. below. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me get a breath because this triggers me. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, in, I get triggered. In through the nose, and, and... out through the mouth. Slow, deep breaths. Count to three and exhale. Count to three. All right. This exhale. is threatening my emotional comfort. Okay. I need a safe space. <laughs> Look. All right. Look, Tom, you're in your office. Where <laughs> does it get? <laughs> By you reading this here while I'm in my office, you're threatening my safe space. I feel I feel threatened. So is this from that website? Uh, I picture? believe it is. Okay. I think I think this was an attachment to the email, if I remember okay. right, from okay. Justin. So honest to goodness, I don't as I look at it, um, you know, usually in English we have first person, second person, third person. So it's I um, you, um, what's it? I, you, we, and, uh, and, um, uh, and him and they, you know, and different things. Okay. So here's this, this has five columns, one, two, three, four, five. 
Um, mm. And it says, some, here's some examples of what pronouns may apply to you. So I don't know if this is considered like a, a first, second, third, fourth, fifth person. <laughs> there's five columns and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This... Nine options uh, in each of the five columns. So uh, the first option across the five columns is apparently um, the pronoun A, A-E, which hasn't up to this point what? existed, but there's an optional F on the beginning. So you can either be A or Fay, apparently, if I'm saying this right. And then there's <sighs> A or Fayer. Uh, and that, uh, that actually applies to both second and third. And then there's Fayers and Fair Self. <laughs> what? <laughs> when you add the self, it's just so funny. Okay. So Okay, so okay, so you've read column one, and I'm already vicariously embarrassed. <laughs> like, like, I'm not just embarrassed for you; I'm just em- embarrassed hearing this. It's like this is this is really a thing that some people are earnest about. Anyway, go, yes. go ahead. Okay, so the second one is, uh, I don't, know, I'm not sure if you say e or if you're like kind of Canadian when you say it, or like a, <laughs> a, because there's like a. e slash ey, so like maybe you say a or m. Are air, airs, or air self. Now, here's a couple that we actually, <sighs> there's he, him, his, himself, she, her, hers, herself. Those were, were, uh, were mm-hmm. you know, used to. And then here's they, them, their, theirs, themselves. Now, honestly, themselves, I don't know. That's, that's actually not good grammar, themselves. But anyway, no. mm-hmm. um, but sandwiched in between those is um, uh, another one I enjoy. Per, per, pers, and per self. Um, so she, she, uh, well, I know, I guess it wouldn't be she, it'd be, uh, per took herself to the store, something mm-hmm. like that, I guess that'd be this, kinda... no. And then, and then there's no. V ver vis verself, <laughs> Z zem zir zirs zem. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> zem I mean, you laugh, and and it is sort of funny. But I mean, I mean, I, pe- I, there are people who really, really I'm, think this is how we should be talking, right? And I'm and I'm and I'm tr- I'm not I'm truly not belittling, as you call it, the um, uh, what would you call it earlier? You know, it's a it is a, I don't know, a sickness or what what do they call it? Um, it's a, dysphoria. It's a delusion. It's a dysphoria, a dysphoria. Disorder. You know, people, some people, if they are struggling with this and there is such confusion, you know, sometimes as Christians, we live in such a sanctified, structured environment that we we forget what it actually means to live in absolute chaos and um, and. Anyway, so so some people truly live in in an environment that's um, that they don't have the knowledge that we have, and it certainly more easily lends to confusion. Not to say that they don't have revelation and that they can't know God. I understand. So I'm not making fun of the people, but but whoever honestly whoever came up with the chart deserves to be laughed at. Okay. Yeah. And uh, well, this Zimself is just kind of almost sounds like you're playing a game. Like they took Zimself <laughs> to yeah. the store, or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, someone sent me this this uh, meme. I guess it's a meme. I, um, I don't I don't know exactly whether it falls into the category of meme. I I don't know what meme is all all the time. But so so someone sent me this meme thing here, and it has a picture of uh, let's see one two three it's nine 
nine people. And this, the heading is no wonder the young people are so confused. And it has a picture of Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. And it says native American. <laughs> Remember she claimed to be right, native American. Right. Yes. On and her, she's not right. Not, yeah. And it has a picture of Kamala Harris and it says African American. When, if I'm not mistaken, she's actually of Indian descent hmm. uh, from India. Uh, it has a picture of Michelle Obama and it says oppressed. When, of <laughs> yeah. course, she made it to become the second lady of, right. or, or first lady of the United States. Uh, it has a picture of Joe Biden and it says competent. Oh. When, truth be told, the man has kind of failed at pretty much every everything he's done. Um, it has a picture of George Floyd and it calls him a hero. A yep. picture of yep. Bill Gates calls him a scientist. A picture of Greta Thunberg calls her an expert. Oh. <laughs> a picture of buildings burning down at the riots, uh, the BLM riots, is mostly peaceful. peaceful. <laughs> yeah. And a picture of, um, oh, I forget this guy's name, um, but it's a transgender. It's a dude uh, trying to be a woman, uh, trying to look like a woman. Caitlyn Jenner? Um, or are you talking about um, no, no, the one who's doing the sports? No, no. It's one who's actually uh, been given some sort of policy or administration type. Oh, oh, right. That government. was the woman of the year in Time yeah. Magazine. That uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the woman of the year was actually a man. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it has a picture of all these people where you're supposed to not believe reality, and and it says no wonder the young people are so confused. So this this is uh this is true. <laughs> this is a perfect example, I think. Um, yeah, when you just basically state untruth and 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 uh, violate yeah. reality and act like it's yep. normal. Yep. So, uh, anyway, back to that original question he was saying, if I, if I sort of play, maybe that's not the right word, play along and what, where they put their pronouns, I put, uh, born again, and I put a link to a gospel presentation. Um, I, I think that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah. And I think it's probably, uh, you know, a good thing for, for many Christians to be a little more you know, vocal, well, more forward. It, it, I don't mean mean or, no. or aggressive. I'm just saying, I think we've been a little too quiet. Well, and here's the thing long. he's saying, okay, we're being quiet. So what do we do? So you either, to me, to me, there's two things. You either, you do be quiet and you just say, well, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. Um, or you, you take it head on and you say, no, let's remove this from our language and not do this anymore. Okay. Well, that's fair because obviously they're just, trying to destroy language. But Mm -hmm. the question is, are you really going to be successful in getting all of society to remove that component from what they do? Or is that sort of, do we almost assume, okay, this is the way woke corporate America is going. This is what's going to be in emails. Okay. So now I'll adopt that. So the other angle is instead of trying to, uh, to, uh, rally for its absolute removal. Okay. Let's adopt that mode and and do, uh, you know, and, and put, put our, our identification in there. Now, some people, I'm sure if you go to certain ways, we're not, we're not saying any method to, you know, adopting the world's uh, mindset is, is viable, but, but in this case, right. um, I, I don't necessarily see a problem. With yeah. It. Yeah. I think there's still the, the requirement that we be respectful, that we be, uh, Christ-like in our demeanor and our deportment, um, that we, we have a joyful countenance when we deal with people. Uh, who have different views than we do. I think all of that is still critical to do. I'm not suggesting that we just become street preachers and hold up signs on the corner and shout at people about how much God hates their sin. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, I think there's more more sensible ways to engage in conversation uh, with people than that. Um, 
but but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I don't think we're going to change any minds really, at least not many, um, by doing little things like that. But it's those little things that make people aware. Hey, there's still a contingency of Christian people in this country that aren't for what I'm doing. Um, whereas having no such representation like that, people feel a little more, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Licentious. <laughs> um, you know, there is a restraint of evil that takes place mm -hmm. when a large majority in society is against these immoral things. Mm -hmm. e even if they're not super vocal about it, if, if people at least know your position on it. Which means uh, they have does... to express it in some way. Right. Yep. It, even in a little way, like putting that in an email, um, all of those things add up to give people a picture of what society's morality is. And I think it's it's high time people know that there are a majority in this country that don't buy into this anti-reality stuff. Good. Um, well, we're going to have to uh, kind of wind it down there. Um, as we move into the after show, I'm not for sure whether we're going to talk about modern day Quakers or thought terminating cliches, but uh, either Ooh, one. I, I, mm, I'm kind of thinking yeah. the thought terminating cliches should be in the okay. episode. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank All you right. for joining us again. And if you have any thoughts on what we've been saying or something totally unrelated, a question that you have or a comment or a thought, give us your uh, give us your take on it. Reason Together Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Reason Together Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And if you would like to contribute to supporting this podcast, that's Reason Together or patreon.com slash Reason Together. And you can choose a support level there and jump on board with the uh, the patrons there and join in the, the conversation over on the message board. And uh, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, we do appreciate you listening, uh, whether you're a patron or not. Uh, we are thankful for you. Uh, we are encouraging balance, developing perspective and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. Mm -hmm.